Donald Trump has been indicted federally. That is what we're going to be talking about today on The Josh Carr Show. Ladies and gentlemen, it is great to be back with you once again. I hope all of you had a great weekend. Today, we're going to be talking about a bombshell report that came out last week. Donald Trump was indicted. Now, this is a little bit different than the first time. Uh, As we know, Trump was indicted a few weeks ago, but this was in New York, and this was a little bit different, especially knowing that it was a New York jury. Um, There's not a lot of surprises that Donald Trump would be indicted by New York jury because it's very liberal. Um, But this was a grand jury, and it was on the federal level. Uh, What he was indicted for in New York, just to put a little context behind it, was for paying hush money to Stormy Daniels, allegedly. And everyone kind of knew that this was uh, a lame uh, indictment and that this, you know, the statute of limitations um, was well past. I I think uh, in New York, you have to have um, charged someone within five years, generally speaking, of the event. And it had been like six or seven years since that had happened. And so that was very strange. Um, However, this time is very different. And the reason why is because this is an indictment on the federal level which has a lot more implication, especially when talking about the punishment for the crime. In New York, it was pretty much known immediately, even without knowing officially, we kind of knew immediately there's not going to be jail time behind this indictment. It's just going to look bad um, and cost him some money. And for those of you who are just listening, I use air quotes for bad because it really just bolstered his numbers. And I don't think Donald Trump really cared that much, to be honest. Um, but this indictment is a lot worse. And the reason why is because there could be jail time involved. Now, as I talk about in a little bit, I don't think there will be, but just to break down what happened with the indictment was that Trump was indicted this week for having files, uh, in his Mar-a-Lago residence, uh, that were classified, um, from when he was president. And so the official indictment or the crime that he supposedly committed was for mishandling documents. Uh, According to Isaac Saul over at Tangle, uh, the indictment alleges Trump was holding on to classified documents related to defense and weapons capabilities of the United States and foreign countries, United States nuclear programs, potential vulnerabilities of the U.S. and its allies to military attacks, and even plans for possible retaliation to a foreign attack. So these were serious documents. Um, Now, as I'm going to talk about in a second, I'm very skeptical of this indictment. I'm very skeptical of the motivations behind it and the hypocrisy behind it. But I will say from what I've read from the report, the documents that Donald Trump did have were of particular interest to the United States. And so I said they they weren't just random files is what I'm trying to say. These would have been files that if they had fallen into the wrong hands could have been very dangerous. And so uh, the, the technicality of the wording of the indictment of mishandling documents. At this point, I find to be pretty fair um, because clearly he had important documents and mishandled them. One thing that's very important to note about this, however, is that, and and what I want to talk about kind of in greater length, is that there was no collusion with someone else in these documents. So it wasn't like, it wasn't treason, in other words. I mean, Donald Trump would have been charged on treason if there had been any evidence uh, of colluding with Russia or China, as the liberal mob tried to make it seem for so long. Um, there was no collusion. He simply had them. The motivation is kind of unclear at this point, and I don't know if we're ever going to know because motivations are difficult to come by. Um, there may be a whistleblower who will allege a 
uh, kind of a motivation behind taking those documents. But even those, we can't really, you, we can't verify them. Um, but it's important to note that there was no collusion with Russia. Uh, a lot of people have theorized that, that could have been the case. And as of now, there is simply zero evidence for that um, as well. I mean, not in, in this report, there's no evidence. And there was never any evidence in any in the, in the Mueller report, uh, as well as others. There's never been any evidence that Donald Trump or his family colluded with Russia. Now, in talking about the legality of this report and the indictment, the most important thing to talk about is the Presidential Records Act of 1978. So if you don't know what that is, the Presidential Records Act of 1978 essentially made it. I'll, I'm going to read off a few um, bullet points from the National Archives on what it can do. But essentially, it protected the president and the vice president um, from certain indictments like this. But mostly, what it, the, the reason why I was there was it gave the president power to classify and declassify documents. So um, just to go through a few, a few uh, bullet points that the National Archives point out, it says uh, it establishes public ownership of all presidential records and defines the term presidential records. So just to be clear, a lot of these records that the president can declassify or classify are records that had to do with the presidency specifically. Um, it places the responsibility for the custody and management of incumbent presidential records with the president. That's really important because what people are trying to figure out right now is did Trump kind of unofficially declassify these documents? Because right here, it, it states very clearly that the responsibility for the custody and management is within the president. Uh, however, the next bullet point, it, it says requires that the president and his staff take all practical steps to file personal records separately from presidential records. And that's a blurry line. Like that's really difficult. It says, um, uh, to take all practical steps. Um, I assume that means that they just need to be kept in different places. And, uh, as far as I'm aware at this point, there were not, I, I don't know if the documents that were found in his Mar-a-Lago residence were littered among personal things. If they were, that would be a clear violation of this. Um, that's really unclear at this point. And frankly, since it was in 1978 and we haven't had a lot of um, stuff like this go on uh, in our history thus far, there's not a lot of precedent for uh, what's going on right now. But one thing that is very clear is that this power also extends to vice presidents, which we'll talk about in just a second with, um, with Joe Biden. The question is essentially, did Trump declassify the documents that were found in his residence? Um, unofficially, and can he even do that? And people don't really know, like a judge hasn't ruled on that yet. And what's difficult is that a grand jury um, maybe has, but those things can be appealed and those things can be overruled by judges. And because we're kind of in um, new waters, uh, uh, this law is going to be changed and interpreted uh, very differently um, starting, starting now. now What's interesting about this indictment is that it's happening in the wake of the 2024 election. That's really why it matters. It would be important for a former president to have this sort of incident and it would still make national news. But the fact that he is currently the GOP front runner makes this story extremely interesting and gives a lot of room for talk of political collusion and motivation on the Biden administration to hurt Trump. What's interesting about it, and I have to say as a conservative, 
it's not only is it smart, but I'm proud of the other candidates for doing this. Every other candidate, at, at least as far as I'm aware, except for maybe Pence and Chris Christie, um, have come out in support of Donald Trump, which is really interesting because they're competing against him. Um, one of these people, for instance, was Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, he went on CNN, talked about this for a very long time. It was a really good interview. If you want to go check that out with CNN, I say it was a good interview. The interviewer was not great. Her questions were totally the wrong ones. Vivek Ramaswamy, on the other hand, was awesome. He had fantastic responses, as he always does. I mean, he really is the dark horse of this race. And I, I encourage anyone who doesn't know who he is to look up his name. It's Vivek Ramaswamy. He is totally a contender for this race, in my opinion. I didn't think he was. I think there's a real shot that he could gain some steam on Ron DeSantis and that he may even be able to kind of put Donald Trump in his place in a way that brings Donald Trump voters over to his side. That's a video for a different day. But what he says to the CNN host is really incredible. He says, he basically calls them out. He says, I am asking questions that you guys won't even ask. And I'm his competitor, which was such a good response. He was talking about a lot of the shadiness of the indictment within the Biden administration because it was done by the Department of Justice, which while has certain separations from the Biden administration, is ultimately underneath Biden. And so he was asking these questions that are totally legit, totally ought to be important to the American people. And he just said, CNN, you're not even asking these questions. And I am like, I don't benefit from asking these questions because I'm running against Trump. So the fact that I have to do it instead of you is, is pretty, it's pretty awful. And it was a powerful moment in the interview. It was pretty awesome. The reason why I think on one hand, this could hurt Vivek Ramaswamy because it does make Donald Trump look better. And Donald Trump can always shove that in Vivek's uh, face. But on the other hand, it is a smart political move for Republican uh, politicians moving forward to support each other, especially in this instance, because you don't in politics, you don't want to align yourself with sucky people. Like if there are people doing grimy things out of political motivation, it doesn't matter if they're doing it against someone that you're happy you're doing, they're doing it against. You do not want to align yourself with those people because later that's going to come to bite you in the butt. In fact, later, Vivek Ramaswamy, if he's president, could find a similar indictment against him after this precedent is sent. So I thought that was a smart um, political decision. And one thing, uh, a quote that he used that I've heard before is he said, uh, you can get a grand jury to indict uh, or prosecute a ham sandwich, which is true. Like just saying that a grand jury did it does not give it this kind of legal validity um, just because they interpreted the law a certain way or could have potentially been biased in a certain way does not mean that this is set in stone and that an appeal uh, could not be made and the law be interpreted differently by a judge. It may even go up to the Supreme Court uh, as this is a, a pretty heavy issue and one, again, we're in uncharted territories with. Um, there are some politicians, as I mentioned, who are not taking the same stance that Vivek Ramaswamy or Nikki Haley are taking, or even Ron DeSantis. Um, and some of these are Chris Christie, Mike Pence, as well as, and the person I want to talk about for a second, um, Mitt Romney, which is one of my senators. 
Mitt Romney is such an interesting case. He's a great case of why you should support uh, your own party, um, especially in this instance. Mitt Romney, I grew up loving. Like I, he was like a hero uh, just for for Utah as well as Massachusetts and other states. Like people loved him. He was going to be the one that was going to take out Obama. It was going to be awesome. But recently, he's been taking this kind of fake high ground where he's literally supporting the very thing that his constituents hate. And I, th- again, this is, another, this is a video for another day. Donald Trump does the exact same thing. To be quite frank, Donald Trump does not deserve the support he's getting from his Republican colleagues because uh, Donald Trump attacks Republicans regularly and not for things that are popular for Republicans. There are some kind of establishment Republicans, and when they're attacked, everyone's kind of like, yeah, that's, that's great. Um, but Donald Trump doesn't always do that. And so it's not smart to do that, especially when you're trying to win a primary, uh, which Mitt Romney will be in 2024, just like Donald Trump is. And so I just can't quite understand why, if you want financial support from your party, it's not, it, it, a lot of it is finances, a lot of it's money, but it's not just finances. If you just want support and goodwill period from your party, do not attack the front runner of that party. The president in the United States, the president or whoever was the front runner, even if they lost, is essentially the leader of the party. That's how it works. We've seen it with Joe Biden. He has led the party of the Democrat party. Donald Trump really changed the Republican party in those four years, 2016 to 2020. And so if that's the way the party's going, you can be fake self-righteous and dig your heels in and attack your colleagues, but it's probably not going to work out for you. And if I had to bet, Mitt Romney's not going to have a fun time in 2024. Um, It's very unclear right now, like I said, what the sentencing will be for Donald Trump, but I am very skeptical that he's going to go to jail for any amount of time. I think there would be pretty crazy cultural consequences to that. And I think even most Democrats could see that that would be very dangerous. It was, it'd be a very dangerous precedent to set. Uh, and uh, I think mostly what you'll see is maybe a mugshot of Donald Trump, a lot of money paid, and uh, just just the same way as when he was impeached. When he was impeached, no one actually thought he'd be removed from office. It was just simply a symbol. Uh, and that's what Democrats and the Department of Justice were going for for this. The thing about this that is so annoying and so difficult to hear as a conservative is the the hypocrisy of the justice system, which the justice system largely is based on liberal principles. The rule of law, for instance, the, the fact that everyone in a liberal society is supposed to be treated equally under the law is really frustrating. And a lot of liberals are saying that Donald Trump should have been indicted because everyone should be equal under the law. But here's the reality. Hillary Clinton was not indicted after her email debacle. And Joe Biden has had many more documents than Donald Trump in many more places, and he has also not been indicted. So if you're a liberal, and here's the deal, if if you're a liberal and you think, you know, I think Donald Trump should have been indicted and that's the way it should be, I I hear you. I think that's an argument that I don't personally agree with, but I think it's reasonable. And I can understand why someone would say that. 
But that means that you must also believe that Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden should be indicted for the same reasons. And here's the deal. Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton do not have something that Donald Trump has, which is the Presidential Act of 1978. Neither one of them, when neither of them were president, when they had uh, those files found uh, in their personal residences or convention centers, all of the files that were found for Joe Biden were when he was a senator, which the Presidential Act uh, or the Presidential Records Act, excuse me. Um, does not apply to. It does not apply to senators. And we know Hillary Clinton was never a president or a vice president, so it does not apply to her either. So there's no question that they're not protected under that. The question is, were there um, uh, mishandling of documents between the two? And we know that there were, therefore they need to be indicted as well now that Trump has been indicted. And for that reason, I never thought Donald Trump would be federally indicted for mishandling documents because I did not think that the Department of uh, justice would overstep this so much, and yet they have. And it is, it's actually very scary and very crazy that a party that purports to be more liberal has completely abandoned the rule of law. It's also important to recognize that Biden's it is Biden's Department of Justice. Like, we cannot look at this as the Department of Justice, it is Biden's Department of Justice. So, this was an an act like a a concerted effort from Biden to indict Donald Trump. And I do not know exactly why he did that. And I don't know what the end goal was exactly for that. But we have to understand that this wasn't just the Department of Justice. This was Biden's Department of Justice. The question that a lot of people have on, I mean, the only reason why anyone cares about the story is how will this affect Donald Trump in 2024? How will it affect the election? I think that Republicans can learn some lessons from this. I, I've always said, like, this is something that I really enjoy about Ron DeSantis specifically, is that just because something bad happens to you politically, does not it does not mean that you just get a whine about it. You need to find a solution to it. And so Donald Trump can take this indictment and he can whine about it and he can complain and he can talk about how corrupt our country is, or he can go out and fight it. And so I think Republicans, what they need to do is they need to take the rules that Biden has set and they need to play by those rules. And hopefully when they get into power, they can defuse the situation and they can, uh, especially when they put conservative judges into place, they can make it so that these things don't happen as frequently. But if Biden is going to use the Department of Justice to indict Trump, Trump, if he is able to be president or any conservative Republican uh, who makes it into office in 2024, needs to do the same to Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton. It's that simple. And you're going to hear the media complain and whine about how evil and undemocratic uh, Republicans are. And the simple response is, you guys set the rule. We're simply just following the rule that you set. The other thing that's important is that there is a lesson to learn that Republicans need to be clean. Now, I'm not saying that Democrats aren't going to always scoop up crap. Uh, the media is so corrupt at this point. They will literally pick on anything. I mean, Mitt Romney, like the most clean person ever at the time that he ran for president, the only thing that they could get him on was that he was like super rich and that once he went on a car trip and like strapped his, his dog in a kennel to the top of his car. That's literally what they could find on him. So they'll, they'll find something and they'll, they'll try to make it look as bad. Like they'll try to make 
him look like Hitler the most that they can. But the reality is, is that most Americans see through the, the stupid crap that the media come up with. But when there's actual dirt on you, that is not helpful. I'm not saying Donald Trump should have been indicted, but he did mishandle the documents. Like that happened. Okay. That, that's a fact. It happened. You have to deal with it. Now, if you want to say, hey, you know, that is a bad precedent to start. We are not indicting uh, presidents. And if you're going to indict him, you got to indict the rest. Sure, I'm on board for that. But you got to understand that he actually did do something bad. And so perhaps as Republicans, you ought to vote for those who you think are the cleanest and have the lowest chance of being indicted. I think that is a productive way to do politics, um, even though it's not the only thing to consider. I'm not saying it's the only thing to consider uh, when voting, but it is certainly a thing to consider, especially in 2024, knowing that Democrats have already done this once and they will continue to do so. One thing that Donald Trump said continually was lock her up. He said that over and over again with Hillary Clinton. So I have to say, just to be fair, as Republicans, can you be that angry when the left says lock him up? He did do something wrong. Hillary Clinton also did something wrong. I would argue did something much worse. Again, there's still an argument to be made for Donald Trump that he was within his presidential powers because of the Presidential Record Act. But I think it's important to realize that Donald Trump literally was telling people lock her up. Now, again, fairness to Donald Trump, he didn't do that. He didn't go after, for, after her. In fact, he publicly said he wouldn't. And I think that that was a smart move because being a benevolent leader, being a benevolent, which I can't even believe I'm saying Donald Trump was benevolent because that's, that was, I don't know if it like ever happened except this once, but just showing kind of that benevolency is like the best political move you can. Basically, at that point, Donald Trump was saying, like, I won. I don't even need to, because winners don't need it, right? They, like true winners don't need to rub it in to the losers. And that's what Donald Trump did. But I just want to say with all fairness, he did say lock her up. And so it makes sense that the left would do the same. And for those out there who are on the left who are saying lock him up, you know, I think it makes sense. They hate him just like people on the right hate Hillary Clinton. And fair enough, they used whatever powers they could to get rid of him. I just think that the Republicans ought to do the same now that they've set that precedence. Now, in other news, going away from Donald Trump's indictment really quick, since I talked about them, I figured I ought to uh, talk about them a little bit more. If you didn't hear this weekend, um, Mike Pence and Chris Christie did announce their runs for president in 2024. And I got to say, this actually really shocked me. I listened to a interview with Mike Pence uh, on Fox News back in maybe November uh, or maybe December. It was right after Donald Trump announced. And they were asking him, uh, you know, like, are you planning on running for president? And he, he gave some lackluster answers that they always kind of give. But his answer did not strike me as someone who was super energized to run for president. And I just have to ask, like, why would they run for president at this point? Like Chris Christie has been irrelevant for many, many years. Mike Pence is relevant, but he was literally just Donald Trump until the last day that Trump was in office. I mean, literally, like he did everything exactly the same, except for on January 6th, he got pissed at Donald Trump when he wanted him to overturn the election. And so I seriously don't know what they're running on 
other than I'm Donald Trump, except now I don't like him anymore. Like Chris Christie literally endorsed him in 2020, uh, in 2020 and 2016, I believe. And so it's just strange. I, I don't see how they could think that they're possibly going to win, especially Chris Christie. Mike Pence at least has like some percentages. And by some percentage, I mean like two, like two, three percent. Chris Christie's like zero. Like he's got like 0.2 percent. People don't care about him. He's irrelevant anymore. Like he's going to, like he's going to eat a Twinkie in the in the Oval Office and die. Like people don't want that. So I don't know why they're running, um, but I will say that this will probably make things for Trump better uh, because it's just thinning the other field, and it's really. I mean, there's this kind of idea that Pence and Chris Christie are going to go in and just kind of try to bulldoze Trump, but it's not going to work. I think Trump is going to destroy them. Uh, Trump already destroyed Chris Christie, and I think he's going to destroy Mike Pence too. I mean, he's a total like he's gonna, anyone tries to bulldoze Trump, he's going to bulldoze back. I think the best strategy that people have is to just speak facts, and uh, I think where that will come down to is the debate stage. Perhaps Pence and Christie will be a little bit more, a little bit um, more tactful than I'm imagining it, but I just can't imagine them gaining any traction. Um, the question then is, if they're going in to get votes off Trump, what could get, what really could get voters off Trump? Because think about it, like, if you're going to vote for Ron DeSantis over Donald Trump, and Mike Pence enters the race, you're not going to suddenly vote for Mike Pence. Like, I assume most voters who are not voting for Trump have their guy already. They either love Ron DeSantis, or maybe there's like a couple of them that are like Vivek Ramaswamy, Nikki Haley. Okay. But... I have to think Mike Pence is going for essentially Trump voters, but Trump voters that didn't like January 6th. But then I'm like, but those are already, they're already supporting Ron DeSantis. So where, where are the votes going to come in for, for Pence? Uh, the only way that they could get voters off of Trump is on the debate stage. But I have to say, when just looking at the lineup, the people who are going to do that are Ron DeSantis. Nikki Haley and Vivek Ramaswamy, who are already second, third, and fourth place. Like all those people are really effective debaters. I think Vivek Ramaswamy is by far the best debater, uh, by far the the smartest and wittiest among the GOP candidates. And so he's probably going to actually get quite a boost in the polls. I think Ron DeSantis might as well, especially if he brings up the way Donald Trump um, treated COVID. But the debate stage, I think, is the only way Trump is going to lose any numbers at this point. It doesn't matter if he's indicted 40 more times. Um, his numbers really won't change much. They may go up and down just a couple percentages, but not much. What they can talk about is the fact that Trump supported Pride Month. I mean, Trump had all kinds of MAGA Pride merch. Like, are we going to talk about that? Like, that, I mean, that, that's just a legit thing. Like, I'm not saying that I hate Donald Trump, but I just think... Where is the GOP right now? Do they like pride? No. So which of the candidates have literal pride merch? Pretty sure it's one. Pretty sure it's just MAGA. The other thing is like, are we going to talk about how Trump literally colluded with Big Pharma during COVID and started that whole thing? I mean, all of us hated COVID. It was an absolute, it was awful. And it was a total infringement on our rights, but Donald Trump started that. And so if they can really attack him on that, they can get votes back from Donald Trump, no problem. But I don't think Pence and Christie are the guys to do it. I think the people who are already in the race 
uh, are going to get the job done. With that, thank you so much for watching this episode of The Josh Carr Show. If you're on uh, just audio right now, please head over to YouTube and consider subscribing and watching any of my videos over there. If you're on YouTube, please comment down below what you thought about this video and subscribe. Thanks.